sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Many people would say that the opposite of being a person of faith is being a person of no faith, that the opposite of belief is unbelief. But for the Catholic Church, the opposite of having faith is actually indifference, not caring about matters of like God and what he has revealed to us. And from that indifference flows something that afflicts many of us, boredom. Boredom, not necessarily in daily life, can include that, but boredom with regard to the faith. I'm just, eh, about matters of religion, God, church, et cetera, et cetera. That is the great challenge that we are facing today as Catholics. Not so much the new atheism as, 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 as not so much the new atheism as the new apathyism. So what do we do about that? How do we overcome that indifference and boredom that many of us feel with regard to the faith? That's what we're going to be talking, going to be talking about today on Ignition. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you have questions about this episode or if you have ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do so is by email, and the address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. I am joined in studio once again by Robin Bruggeman. Hey, Robin. Hello. Um, you were on last week, but it's been a few weeks before that. Would you mind, just in case somebody's tuning in for the first time, briefly introducing yourself? And then I'll do the same, because oh, even okay. when I ask you to, like if somebody's tuning in for the first time, yeah. they don't know who I am any more right. than you. Yeah. I'm Robin Bruggeman. I'm married to Spike for 30 years. We have seven kids. We have three um, kid-in-laws, because we are older, <laughs> three are married. <laughs> so it's like I have 10 kids. <laughs> And then I have two grandkids. I am a Catholic convert, and I just love learning about the faith. And um, it's changed my my life and my world, just learning more about Catholicism and growing in divine daughterhood. Mm, that's a priest that's a friend word. of mine told me that word, and that's just a journey I'm on, just yeah. to live more in that. So, yeah. Awesome. That's Praise me. God. Uh, I am Dr. Chris Bergwald. I'm the director of discipleship formation with the diocese. Sioux Falls has been in that role, for, well, worked for the diocese for over 21 years. Um, but more importantly, uh, Germain, what year is it? What year is it? 2023. 99. 99. 99. So <laughs> Jermaine and I have been married for 24 years. Um, she's from Ohio. I'm from central Minnesota, but all five of our kids are born and raised South Dakotans. Yeah. I said South Dakotan just to yeah. fit I in know. my Minnesota. You just can't quite let go of that Minnesota I accent. I can't. And I don't want to. That's okay. It's it sets me, are. it sets you me, should a, keep it. it sets me apart, Robin. In fact, you know what? I dare you. I'm not going to dare you. I'll ask you. You should do the whole show in your accent. It's not your accent. It's your real voice, isn't it? <laughs> no. I think it'd be hard for me. I could, I could like I don't think the O's. You could do it. I, don't I could like the, the O's, but I don't think I. Minutes. Well, and, mm, okay. Well, anyways, I need you to think practice. About it. I'll think about that. Maybe a future yeah. episode with you on. I'll, 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 okay. I'll try that. But I'm glad you brought in your family because you don't very often talk about that. And, and yeah. whenever you do talk about your family, you do say that is your most important. Yes. Role, and I yes. love that because it you. is. It's that's our it most is. important role is our yep. family. So Amen. our first vocation. Amen, sister. Um, so speaking of kids, <laughs> you know, 
uh, I don't know about your kids, but there's certainly been time when some of my kids, and I know there's more importantly a time for me where, you know, time to go to mass on Sunday morning. Do I have to go? Uh, mm-hmm. It's so boring. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I want to start. Uh, this, that apathy, indifference, boredom. You know, I'll, in, in, in the church today, there's, there's been, so our, in our diocese, we have our, our, our diocesan vision. We're trying to build mm-hmm. a culture of lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love. That's a way that here in Eastern South Dakota, we are living out the new evangelization, mm-hmm. which is just in our era, a way of living out the great commission that Jesus called for making disciples of all nations. Um, so, so as we're trying to do this, the reality that we're, we're we're facing all sorts of realities, but in response to that, sometimes there's a, you know, we, that we need to, the the focus is on trying to make sure that everybody invite everybody, everybody's welcome. And that's true. Everybody is welcome. Um, we're all called to repent of, of our sinful ways, Precisely so that we can grow deeper with the Lord. So we're all welcome. The, the, the church does welcome all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and some would say we have to make that clear. And I would, with respect, disagree uh, with others. Um, there's another school of thought that actually most people, you know, at least in the Western cultures, certainly I think in, in, in the United States, particularly in our diocese, I think most people who live uh, in the upper Midwest, uh, who have heard of the Catholic Church, who live in the culture that we live in, know that they, they don't feel like excluded from the Catholic Church. They don't feel like the Catholic Church is saying, you're not good enough. But there might be some, but I, I, I don't think most people are thinking. I, I think most people will be coming from a perspective more of, why bother? Like, like I, I don't think when they, if they think about the Catholic church and going to a Catholic church or becoming Catholic, I don't think they'd be uh, mo- that most people in that scenario would be like, well, no, they just, they, they, they're too exclusive. Um, I think most of them actually would be, they never really think about it because why, mm-hmm. what, why, why would I bother learning more about the Catholic faith. Now we have answers. I mean, one of the things that, that one of the recurring themes of ignition is trying to help people realize the way that growing in relationship with Jesus Christ in and through his church is radically transformative in their life. Um, because a lot, but a lot of people just don't think that they, 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 it's not that they would disagree. They just never, that that's just beyond their imagination when it comes to what they normally think about with regard to the Catholic Church. Are you, are you tracking with me on yeah, this? Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, so, um, no, no, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, no, 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 yeah, 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 yeah no, no, no. Yeah, no I, I know what you meant. Um, so, so I think why bother? And I think that's it's not just a problem for people who are outside of the church. In some ways, I think it's also a problem for us inside the church, uh, in the sense that there. This is a reality because I've lived this reality, and I know other Catholics who have lived this reality, um, and I, and I, and and the data indicates there are Catholics who are living this reality today. There are Catholics who go to mass on a regular basis, maybe even every Sunday. Who um, it's sort of like a good enough ism. What I'm doing now is good enough, good enough, uh, and they're not really that interested in 
going deeper. Um, and, and it's not about doing more. It's I, I, I going deeper as, as the image. Not, I'm not talking about doing more in your church. I'm, I'm talking about elevating the importance in your life of God and a relationship with him so in and through his church. Yeah. I just think a lot of people, and this goes back to, just frankly, I think there's a lot of Catholics who um, even still today, um, go to mass again regularly, maybe even very regularly, more out of a sense of obligation Checking than conviction. Box. Yeah, yeah, and and that if that that they frankly would say, um, maybe not as much, but like some of the outsiders, it's kind of boring. There's nothing really interesting. I do this because I'm supposed to, mm-hmm. or I do this because that's what Catholics do, or that's what the Bergwalds do, or the Bruggemans do, um, but. But that's that's about it. I, frankly, it's not that interesting. It, it's kind of boring. Uh, I think that's the, that's the pastoral situation in which we find ourselves in the culture that we're living in. So do you feel like it was, do you think it's gotten worse after quarantine? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I think I think COVID revealed an oh. underlying reality. I think this has long been the case, um, and I think that COVID just unmasked that reality, which I think is a good thing because yeah, so it just makes clear the reality. You know, it's like if, uh, if I have a, a really – if my arm's wrapped up um, and you just – you saw – and. Uh, my my bandage, the bandage of my arm, like you know, oh, I noticed the bandage, like, oh. and then, but as it's unwrapped, there's like an arterial bleed gushing yeah. forth. Yeah. Well, that wound was always there; it was just hidden from your sight. Um, and I think COVID has unmasked that reality. We, we do know. I mean, even I mean, our diocese, like many other rural dioceses, when you compare to the national average, were above average in terms of things like mass attendance and that sort of thing. But like other dioceses, uh, not just in our country, but around the, around the world, um, when we came back from COVID, if you will, there's a lot of people who used to go to mass that stopped coming to mass and didn't return. Why didn't they return? I think in many of those, well, I know from the, the, the studies, the, the surveys, the data, that in some of the cases, it's because... Um, they were going more out of a sense of obligation. And when the obligation was temporary lifted, they, their response was, but well, not really missing anything. I'm not really missing anything. My life hasn't gotten really any worse by not attending mass on Sunday. So again, I think that's, so I I do think that COVID revealed that, but I think this is an underlying Reality. You and I, a few weeks ago, recorded an episode on Vatican II. Mm -hmm. I think this reality goes back to before the 1960s, frankly, before the 1950s. I think that... More of the just ho-hum. Yeah, exactly. Like, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, a a lukewarm, a lukewarmness with regard to our faith. Mm -hmm. Bishop Barron, Bishop Robert Barron, founder of Word and Fire, Bishop of Winona, Rochester in southern Minnesota, talks about beige Catholicism. You know, where it's not vibrant, it's not colorful, it's not alive, it's just mm. beige. So what do you think then? How do we... So, <laughs> well, yeah. that's the, uh, yeah, so I'm definitely... Now that you've painted the picture Yeah, now I've painted the ugly picture, the, the beige <laughs> picture, right. Because, because, 
I don't want, this is not going to be another 20, uh, 15 minutes of like, oh, this just doom and gloom. No, I, I, by nature, I'm so, all right, so what are we going to do about it? When, when people get into doom and gloom mode, I am one who's very quick to be, all right, what are we going to do about that? So people are bored. What are we going to do about that? Um, people, uh, it's not they feel excluded. They just don't care because they're indifferent. They're apathetic. Uh, again, in the words of Bishop Barron, they are M-E period H about this. Yeah. Meh. They just don't care. So what do you do about that? Because here's the deal. And again, I'm also with Bishop Barron on this. Give me... A convicted atheist who wants to argue philosophical arguments for God's existence. Um, give me that 10 times over rather than the, eh, yeah, I go to mass. Or I used to go to mass. It just didn't do anything for me. Because there... <laughs> Because there's some conviction and some passion. That's why I said before, yeah. um, the office opposite of, of belief is not unbelief. It's indifferentism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can see that in that a person of conviction who happens, they're convicted about the atheism. I got, I've got somebody here. Like we can, we can talk about this. I can, I can walk through the arguments for God's existence. The person who doesn't care, I can't have a conversation with precisely because they don't care. Right. Right. So, what do we do about that is, is uh, sort of, I think uh, that's the question. Again, I, 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 I want to get to the, all right, now what? Okay. Yep. Great. Get it. Get it. Beige Catholicism, indifference, blah, 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 blah. So now what? What do we do about that? Yeah. So that's what I want to unpack. Uh, that's what I want to spend the episode unpacking. But if you're just tuning in, welcome to Ignition. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, uh, talking today with Robin Bruggeman about how we respond to the challenge, as I was just saying, of, of indifferentism with regards to matters of faith, of God, of relationship with him and in through his church. How do we respond to that? So um, yeah, there's one answer. <laughs> do I have time? I, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make time to give this exam ex uh, because it's, it's, a, it's an oblique. It's a, it's a like, wait, what answer? Um. The key, or one way, one way to respond to this challenge, Robin, um, is um, to cut cucumbers differently. Oh, yeah. Do you remember the cucumber, Robin? It was a long time ago <laughs> we talked about this. So. And it's cutting it differently. Yeah, and uh, as, as I joke, because as somebody said once when I talked about this, you mean the long way? Uh. No, that's not what we're talking about. Real quick, and, and, and this is, it's, it's not as powerful when I do it quickly uh, as opposed to the longer version, but we don't have time. Um, what I mean by that is, so when I, if I get a cucumber, I might buy it, I might grow it, somebody might give it to me, um, and I could take it and I could chop it up and put a little salt, maybe pepper or whatever else, a little vinegar or whatever, and eat it and enjoy it. Great. Fantastic. Um, to cut cucumbers differently is to means to recognize the metaphysical fact, truth, reality of the matter, which is that God, my father, orchestrated 13 billion years of cosmic history, cosmic history, such that I would in this moment have this cucumber in my hand to delight in as I cut it up and 
season it however I want to and eat it mm-hmm. because he delights in me. Um, so when I live that way, I that that shapes and colors. If, if I'm cutting cucumbers differently, if I'm cutting cucumbers with other words, which I, Chris Bergwald, do not do on a consistent basis today at 50 years old, but I want to. I desire it and I'm growing in it. Mm-hmm. If I lived, if I did everything with that that kind of awareness of the Father's love and his nearness and that everything that happens to me, good and bad, is his providential hand at work, I would live my life differently. And this okay. is where we get to the exam. This is where we get to the answer. And people would notice. People would take notice. So this is not about me t- trying to, hey, look, everybody, look how I cut my, look how I live my. No, no. Mm-hmm. If I live this way, it will change the way that I live and people would notice. Mm-hmm. So I think I thought here as we're ta- preparing for this episode, I thought of what Jesus says in Matthew's gospel, the Sermon on the Mount, the very beginning of the Mount, right after the Beatitudes, right after the Beatitudes, Jesus says this. This is Matthew 5, 13 and following. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how long shall its saltiness be restored? How shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trodden underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Uh, nor do men light a lamp and put under a bushel, put on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So let your light shine before all men. Is my light shining? Is it burning with intensity before others? Or does my light look about the same as theirs? So there, there's some questions that I that I that I pr- propose to you that really drive what to me what we're talking about today. In what specific ways is my witness to and of the Lord truly radical in the eyes of the world? In what specific ways is my witness to and of the Lord truly radical in the eyes of the world? And we can take enlarge that to my family or to my parish. In what specific ways is our witness to and of the world, true and of the true to and of the Lord truly radical in the eyes of the world? Um, another way, a bit more pointed way to put this, would the world see me or see us as weird? As different. Weird is different, right? Does the world see me as weird? And if so, how? In what specific ways? Um, I, 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 To me, those are the questions that, am I different in the eyes of the world? Again, Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to their fa- your Father who is in heaven. That requires that I look different. For my light to shine means, again, it's burning in some way more brightly Um yeah, so that people are taking notice of my light. Uh, and, and and what I would love is for myself, myself first and foremost, but for all of us as Catholics to ponder those kinds of questions. How am I right now living differently? And if, 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 if I can't, if I don't know how to answer that question, or if I can't answer that question, then the invitation is, okay, how might I live differently so that 
my light shines before, shines before men, so they give glory to the Father, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Be salty and lit. Yeah, be, be salty and lit. Amen. That's really good. Yeah. In what ways am I salty? Mm-hmm. Or am I? Salty in a good way. Yeah. In, in, yes. <laughs> in a good way. So so I just threw a lot at, mm-hmm. at you, Robin. What do you, what, 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 and what thoughts as I went on there with that? I, 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 this, I'm really um, passionate about this. I think this is yes. important for us. And it's not that I have, it's not that I, I, I'm not saying I have answers to those questions for you or anybody else who's watching or listening. I just want us to be asking these questions more often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you mean not just you and I, but to all of those who are listening and viewing. Yep. Um, I guess, you know, as just listening to you talk on this, and it's something I'm passionate about too, is living lit in a way that people do see that there's something different. Like, right? Like if, um, not like, okay, I'm doing this because people are watching. No. But when we are truly um, living a life where our light is coming from the Lord, it's a, it's a joyful life. Yeah. It's joyful. Yeah. It doesn't come without its problems nope. and its sorrows and its struggles, but it's different. It's a different joy and light that just shines through us that is really Christ light and um how I just feel like you know as you're talking the hearing the lukewarmness um it kind of makes me sad because um there's just so much there that a person if you're in a bored state and we, we've all been there we've yep. all been there at some point so to anybody listening who's like oh, I'm in that spot some, you know whatever <clears throat> everybody you know you're where you're at in this point in your life that's you know it's where God has you but you can always go forward and and being in a boring spot in my life it's um it's just a lot more fun <laughs> And a lot right. more joyful to live in the light and in a joyful place than being bored. Right. But it's hard to get on board if you're not going to do something about that. And sometimes we can get very comfortable yes. in that. Yes. Because it doesn't require very much yes. of us to just be bored, be right. lukewarm, be yep. beige. And I, and I think, and, and I think so, so, and it's the people who are maybe more like you and I, so mm-hmm. we're not bored. Like we love going to mass. Um, we, we, we take our faith seriously. We, we, we pray, but I, I still think, so this is, I mean, to, again, the, the, the questions that I, that I just posed, how is my, how do I live my life differently than my neighbor? Who doesn't practice any faith, mm-hmm. and that's a convicting question for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mean literally mean. I mean my, <laughs> my both of my neighbors um, are, are 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 practicing <laughs> Catholics. Um, so I, and so yeah. Just to be clear, neighbors, sure if your you're listening, kids don't. If you're listening, <laughs> don't don't run <laughs> to the neighbors and say. I mean, so to speak, my neighbor mm-hmm. is my the person who doesn't have any not just lukewarm, but maybe no faith. How is my life really different? Well, I go to mass on Sunday mornings. Okay, okay, yeah, fine. Okay, well, I pray every. Okay, fine. How else? People see something right. different in you. Yeah, and like I said, that can happen to those of us who are doing the things, all the things, where we can still fall into that, 
at a different level, kind yep. of. Yep. Right? There's where a subtle saying, way, right, where we where we can actually become lukewarm. Yeah. Um, we don't think we are because we're doing the things. Mm-hmm. But go ahead. No, I don't want to interrupt. You. So yeah, I just what, what I'm going to say is, but where our faith has been compartmentalized. Mm-hmm. Um, into my Sunday morning or even my daily prayer time or even less common, but it can happen, even my daily mass time. It's possible, it's possible to be a daily mass goer and find ourselves where we've compartmentalized our faith into those explicitly religious practices mm-hmm. and our faith isn't isn't pervading every aspect of our life. And this is, um, I've talked about this before, Vatican, at Vatican II, the, the Pope and the bishops of the church said, the great drama of our time is the divorce between the faith that we profess and the lives we live. Mm-hmm. We need mm-hmm. to integrate them. Yes. We need to integrate them deeply, mm-hmm. deeply. Mm-hmm. Our faith has to profa- profa- pervade every part of our lives. So mm-hmm. you were going to say something. We have a couple minutes left, so I want to make sure you get your— I think your... what I was going to say is— we all have to know where we're going. Mm. We have to know our final destination, which is going to apply to everybody. Yep. Wherever you're at in life. Yep. It's heaven or hell. It's life or death. We have to know where we're going. And I think with that on your mind, maybe this is kind of, this, I guess this is maybe how I, what maybe helps me is knowing where we're going and what we need to do to get there. And how we're going to get there and trying to not slip into boredom because it can happen to any of us and just, just like that, you know, um, that when we get to a point in our faith journey where we can recognize the boredom, um, as kind of a detour, Mm -hmm. not always in a great way, um, to seek the Lord and getting us back on track, which is harder to do if you've been at a place of board for a long time. It's harder. Well, I mean, God can do anything. It's going to take a little more effort to get back. But I think that's what I was thinking is um, the whole, we're not there yet. So like, you know, like you talked about how it can be those of us who are practicing our faith more can still have that happen Yep. because we're not there yet. Yep. We can all go deeper. We can all um, experience Christ's love in a new way, in a different way joys that we've never experienced yet, we can all get more from the source. But I think it's just kind of a, do you know where you're going? Right. Right. And I think, because uh, well, you need to go forward. It's go forward. But some people can say, well, yeah, that's why I go to mass. Right. But it's, well, not it's, it's, it, it's, 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 it's more, more than that. It's more, it's deeper. Some it's people deeper. talk about, and we're, we're not going to have time to unpack this, but some people talk about, we need to re-weird the faith or we yes. need to rewild. Yes. The faith. And I really like both of those things. I do like, too. Catholicism is weird. Let's make it to, I hate to hijack. Uh, there's a well-known political slogan. I'm going to, I'm going to paraphrase it. We need to make Catholicism weird again. Yeah. It was yeah. weird once and it converted the Roman empire mm. and countless other people's. Let's do it again, Robin. For sure. Rewild it. Rewild it. <laughs> and folks, that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, with questions about today's episode or ideas for future ones. Until next time, may God bless you.